the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. We began the week looking at unity and diversity among the gifts. Today, gifted and useful. From the well, a Christian community here in Livermore, California, hi. Welcome to today's broadcast of Times of Refreshing. Gifted and useful, and that kind of goes hand in hand with what we began the week with here on Times of Refreshing. We're in Romans chapter 12 today, looking at verses 3, 4, and 5, and we're understanding the gifts that God gives us and why, how they are useful. And that is all straight ahead on today's program. We would invite you to spend time with us and learn about the gifting of the Holy Spirit. Here's Pastor Napoleon now with today's program. He says, let us prophesy in proportion to our faith. He says, or ministry. He says, let it use it in our ministering. When I look this up, the Taylor translation talks about, I like this, if you're going to minister, and he basically says it like this, minister, he says for us to, if we're going to minister, this is what he basically said, then minister. So let us use it in our ministry. If, if you are called to minister, then minister. Then minister. What happens is, for, for some of us, we say we're called to minister, but what does minister mean? Minister doesn't mean that you, you tear up the church. Minister doesn't mean that, you know, everything that you see as a need, you got you to gotta fill the void. Minister doesn't mean, so we want to, the heart of true, the word minister, it just, it means to serve. Doesn't mean, it means that that's what, my heart is just to serve. Serve, serve entails being willing to lay down your life to benefit somebody else and be a blessing to them. Knowing that you may not receive anything from them in return. Can I have an amen? We want to minister. We want to minister. Minister. Serve people. Serve them. Give your life for them. Stop thinking about yourself. The Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. Jesus modeled what service is all about to the point to where he laid down his life and died for us. It's the heart of service. If I'm going to minister, I want to minister. Let us use it in our ministering. If I say I'm a minister, then I want to use ministering in my ministry. I want to serve. I want to lay down my life. That means when your phone rings, answer it. Can I have an amen? That means when you don't feel like doing it, you do it. That means that this becomes your lifestyle. God's not impressed with our titles. I thank God for the apostles and prophets and evangelists. But what he's looking for is servants. Does he have people that are servants? 
that are willing to lay down their life. Yes, we know that we're sons and daughters of God. But the God that we serve, he wants us to be about his business. He didn't save you just to sit you in the pew. He saved you to put you to work. So he's going, you're going to work you. I remember, Lord, use me. Lord, please use me. I'm, oh, I know I can do it, Lord. Just you. I used to pray. I used to seek God. I used to tell God to use me. And now I'm saying, Lord, stop. I need a break. God will use you. He wants to use us. But if we're going to minister, let us understand what ministering really means and then do it. Amen. Can I have an amen, y'all? Amen. He says, let us use it. He says here, he says, uh, He says, our ministry, let us use it in our ministering. He who teaches, he says, in teaching. If we're going to be didactic in nature and learn how to teach, then we have to teach effectively. But the only way that we can truly be effective in becoming a great teacher is that we have to first become a great student. We have to learn. We have to be listeners. We have to be individuals that, yes, we, we want to teach. But at the heart of it all, I have to be teachable. I cannot be effective in teaching the gospel of Jesus Christ and helping people in their lives if I'm not studied. If I don't know this book and have studied the book and have taken time to diligently apply myself to gain wisdom and knowledge and knowing what this Bible has to say, not just from an Old Testament standpoint, but also from a New Testament standpoint, that, that all along the way I'm constantly educating myself from a spiritual standpoint. And let me say this, I, I, I love books. And my wife, I have hundreds, thousands of books. I got books, all kinds of books. But this is the book. We have to become a master with this. This is the sword of the Spirit. This is what's going to push back the devil. This is what's going to cause us to grow. This is what God uses to mature us. And all these other books are good supplements. But until we can get in here, we will not be great teachers unless we first become great students. We want to make sure we're sensitive about who's speaking into our lives, what we're listening to, all those things. And then also taking the time to weigh what they're saying by what is written. Can I have an amen, y'all? We got to become great students if we're going to become great teachers. So if, if I have the gift of teaching in my life and I know that I'm a great teacher, I got to understand what God is calling me to teach. And everyone here, we got to spend time reading our Bibles and turning the news off and get into here because this is the current affairs. And then when we see the world, we see it through the lens of the scripture. And this is what helps us. So we want to be individuals that are teaching. We have teachers in this church, great teachers in this church. You go through the Rock School of Ministry, great teachers. Wednesday night Bible, great teachers. People come on Sunday mornings, all of our guys, teachers, men and women, great teachers here in the church. Wonderful teachers. But I'm also admonishing and telling everyone here that is a teacher in the church, continue to grow and mature and learn and study this book. Because this is what matters at the end of the day. Can I have an amen? 
So we see prophecy. We see serving. We see here teaching. He says, he who exhorts in exhortation. And so if I'm an exhorter, then I want to learn the art of exhortation and master the art of allowing God to use me to exhort, exhort people. Now, the key with exhort, or exhortation is this. Good people that, that, are, that, are, that are exhortators, ex, exhorters, exhorters, excuse me, exhorters, are individuals who can not only see the good, but they can also see the bad. The last thing you want is somebody exhorting you to do something that you're not supposed to do. The last thing you want, the, what you want is somebody to build you up around truth. Can I have an amen? I want to be built up in truth. And so we want good exhortation and, and everybody needs to be built up. Everybody needs to be encouraged. Everyone needs to be strengthened. And, and everyone needs to know that there's times when our heads are held down, that there are people around us that are exhorters that come to lift us up, but they lift us up also in truth. This is a gift to the body. Ministering is a gift to the body. Prophecy is a gift to the body. Exhortation is a gift to the body. And so if you're an exhorter, we want your gift we want God to use you to do this. And we have many, I, I know a lot of exhorters here in the church. People that are exhorters. Lift us up, encourage. We, this is what we need in our lives. But if you're going to exhort, understand the depths of what exhortation really means. So you and I are doing it effectively and it's helping to build the body of Christ. He said, he who exhorts, he says in our in exhortation, he who gives, he says, with liberality. Some people that we are around here in the church and in the body of Christ are just givers. They just have the gift of giving. They love to give. They love to give people things. They love to give of themselves. This is a blessing to the body. We need people like this that are givers. Unfortunately, we've trained people. And, and, and I want to say this, the body of Christ has, has been trained to become a taker and not a giver. But Jesus said this, if any man come after me, he must first deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. Jesus looked at the disciples and he said, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. There was a giving up. There was a giving of yourself if you're going to follow Jesus. There's a laying down of yourself if you're going to follow Jesus. We, we've taught people, you come to church, God loves you, he's going to bless you, and he doesn't want anything from you. And then I pick up my Bible, I'm like, wait a minute, he said, he said I'm supposed to present my body as a living sacrifice. I thought you said he didn't want anything from me. He just said he want everything. Can I have an amen, y'all? He just, so we don't want to confuse the message. There's a giving aspect of Christianity that we have to embrace. And there are people in the church that from a giving, from a giving standpoint, it's, it's more natural to them because they're gifted in this area to just be a blessing to everyone and to be liberal with their, with their blessing. He who gives, he says, we're liberality. So I want to make sure that if God has placed this, this gift in my heart and this posture of heart in me, then I want to make sure that I use it for the body of Christ. 
And yes, I want to be liberal in my giving, but I also want to be wise. Doesn't mean that we become fools because we're givers. Can I have an amen? Because people will take advantage of you in the body of Christ. Before long, they're going to be rich and you're going to be broke. And so we want to make sure that we have wisdom with what we're doing in the body of Christ as we are givers. And we need people. All of us have to look ourselves in the mirror and say, don't be stingy, man. It's quiet in here, man. It's quiet in here, man. Y'all wrong, man. Y'all wrong. It's quiet in here. But you know how it is. You don't have to teach. We, as human beings, it's inherent within us to be, to be stingy. Just have kids and you'll find out. The kid, that's mine. That's my toy. They, they, they won. Mine. <laughs> Can I have that? No. So it's inherent within our fallen nature to be greedy. So God, he wants us to be givers. That's one of the, that's one of the main reasons why he says we got to deny ourselves. But there are people that are givers. We want to make sure that in our church... That if you have this gift and God uses you like this, do it with all liberality and be a blessing. Look what he says here in verse 8. He says, he who leads, he says, with diligence. Somebody say diligence. If we're a leader, never apologize for being a leader. I learned this early on as even being the leader of this church and being the senior pastor of this church. Pastor David told me one day, he said, stop trying. He got on me. He said, stop trying to protect the people from God. He said, lead. Do what you're supposed to do. I was like, yeah, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. I had to be, I had to be shaken out of it. If God has called you to be a leader, you want to do it with diligence. You want to be active. You want to be a person that is, that is above board and you're leading the chart and you're detailed. You're really diligent in what you are doing. You're not a slacker. You're not someone that's deferring to other people. God has raised up leaders within the church. He gives you a responsibility and then he causes you to function within that responsibility. But don't apologize for that. Don't apologize. I tell Minister Antonio, don't don't apologize for leading, man. I tell Minister Catherine, Minister Jennifer... I tell the people in the church, don't, don't apologize. This is, God has anointed you. I tell Minister Adam all the time, God has made you the leader of this ministry. You have leadership over you. Now function. Don't apologize. Now, he doesn't want us to be dictators. He doesn't want us to lord over the people. He doesn't want us to be people that are, you know, always involved in every little thing and fearful while we're leading. But we want to be individuals that you know, in your home, don't apologize to your kids for leading your family. Can I have an amen? God made you the leader. If you're a single parent, mother in this church right now, and you got kids, you're raising these kids all by yourself, lead them. If you need reinforcement, call the church. And don't be afraid. Don't be, a, hey, listen. And I know they're bigger than you now. And I know they're tall. And I know they're big. But hey, if you need us to call a man to come over and just, to, you know, just pr- praise the Lord. <laughs> I'll call Deacon Rob and he'll come over. <laughs> I'll call Deacon Rob. 
He's not going to do nothing wrong. He's just going to be there. Can I have an amen, y'all? But you got to lead. If you're a man in this room, lead your family. If you're married, lead your family. Don't, don't, don't apologize for being a leader. I'm going to be a leader. It, as, as a pastor of this church, I don't apologize for that. I, I didn't make myself the pastor of this church. God did. So I don't, I don't apologize for that. I'm, I'm just here. I'm just trying to do what God said. And it's the same thing for everyone. If you're over a ministry, lead. And do it with diligence, though. Don't be a slacker. Don't let everybody else do the work. You get yourself dirty, too. Can I have an amen, y'all? Now, I'm going to say this so, so everybody knows. And Deacon, Deacon, Deacon will tell you about that. De- Deacon Garfield. Brother Al, some of the other brothers. Who you think put these chairs out? Now, I want to say this. Because you guys are here during the week. Me and the brothers, we'd be on the roof putting the chairs out. You know, now, as the ministry has grown, I don't have to do as much as I used to. But you better ask somebody. I'm old school. This isn't a prima donna thing. You better pick up that vacuum and, and, and start cleaning the floor. Can I have an amen? You see that on the floor? Pick that up. Let's get that off that floor. We got to wash these windows. Let's come in here and wash these windows. Praise the Lord anyhow. Can I have an Amen. We're not just sitting around here just, you know, prophesying to everybody all day. We're clean. The toilets need to be clean. We got a whole team that works on that stuff. And, and, and understand that's part of ministry and that's okay. You're serving. But then you're serving, but you're leading. You're being diligent. Everybody in the room, we, we need this in the church. He says, he who shows mercy, he says, with cheerfulness. Some people, they, according to the gift of grace that God upon their life, they're merciful. They have a mercy gift. And that is a powerful gift for the body of Christ. It's something that we need. We need to to have mercy. Now, even that in our lives has to be sanctified and and, and under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit because, because we are... Whomsoever is led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons and daughters of God. We're not, we're not led by our emotions or driven by our emotions. We're led by the Holy Spirit. Jesus comes to the pool of Bethesda, and there's all kinds of people that are sick. Jesus could have healed everyone, but he picked one person, and he healed them. And then he moved on. So he wasn't even, and we know he was merciful, but he was also purposeful. And so for whatever reason, as he's working with his father, he's, he's also keeping in mind that I got to stay in tune. This is, who, this is who our father wants me to work with. I'm going to work with this one now. We don't know what happened later, but we do know that that's how he functioned. He was merciful, and but we want to do it with wisdom, but then also be cheerful about it. We want to show mercy but be cheerful about it. You know, if you're, you're being merciful to somebody and you bless them, we want to make sure that we do it with a smile on our face. So people know that the way that we function and flow as a church is we are a church of mercy, just as we are a truth and everything else. But we do it 
cheerfully. And, and for all of us as we're operating in any gifts that we have in our personal lives and in the church, there should be a joy associated with that, even as we're laying down our lives to serve other people. And so I wanted to bring this simple passage of Scripture to our, to our attention because in here we have one, we have the gift of prophecy, which is one of the nine spiritual gifts that the Bible talks about. But all these other characteristics and giftings are things that, that we also have to aspire to also. Do you, do you love to be an exhorter? Do you want God to give you the gift of exhortation? Some of us right now, you're listening to me, you never thought about that. You want the gift of discernment so you can see every devil in the building. I want the gift of miracles so I can start a worldwide ministry. I want the gift of healings. I want it all. I, and, and we go there, but are we going here? Ministry, teaching, exhortation, mercy, leadership. Man, Lord, we need that in the house. We need it in abundance. We need God to help us to become people that aren't just looking for the big stuff, but the stuff that on a day-to-day basis is going to help us to become people that are effective in reaching not only our community, but helping the person that's next to me. Sometimes the person that's next to you, they don't need a prophecy. They need an exhortation. Sometimes the person that's next to you, they don't need, they don't need you to speak in tongues in their ear. They need you to show them some mercy. Can I have an amen? Sometimes the person that's next to you, they don't, they, they're not looking for a healing right now. They need leadership. Point them in the right direction. All this is necessary. And so, Lord, we just thank you this morning that we as a church are growing. We're maturing. We're becoming a church that is responding to the fresh wind and fresh fire that you're releasing in the house. And we're being reminded of those things that help us to grow. That the, the charisma, the gifts of God that you have placed in the body are not for show or for us to be show-offs. They're for us to help other people function. And in some cases, even at our own expense, that we're, we're living sacrifices. We're dying that somebody else might live. That somebody else may be blessed. And in the midst of that, you revive us and you encourage us and you bless us. And Lord, I just pray this morning with this simple message that we would take it, begin to analyze to see if we have any of these gifts in our own personal lives. And then, Lord, you would begin to use us because, God, we're gifted, but we're also useful. Lord, if we have the gift of prophecy, let us prophesy in proportion to our faith. That we understand our limitations. We also understand the power that's been extended to us. And we prophesy in that realm. And we affect people's lives for good. Lord, as we approach the end of this age, our buildings are not going to be what impresses people. Our stuff is not what is going to be impressive to people. It's going to be those deposits that you placed in us. And so you've told us to stir up the gift of God which is in you. That these gifts are in us that, Lord, we might be useful. 
and that we might be a blessing to the body of Christ. Lord, we have so many new people that have come to this church. This place is packed all the way to the back. So many new people that are coming. God, reveal your gifts to them. Show them their function in the house. Let them know that they're not here just to take a seat, but they're here to be used and to be useful, not only in the church, but outside of the church. That in the community, we're useful as we function. And Lord, I just ask that, that as you begin to pass out even more gifts, that Lord, we would be receptive. Even though sometimes our gifts will make us feel initially uncomfortable. Break that off of us, Lord, and help us to get into a flow with the Spirit of God. Holy Spirit, have your way and use us to be effective, not only inside this church, but outside these doors. The people would see us and say, that person is gifted. And we can turn around and say, it's the Spirit of God upon my life. God, we just give you glory this this morning. We give you the praise in Jesus' name. Well, thank you for joining us for Times of Refreshing with our teacher and pastor, Napoleon Kaufman. This program is the production of The Well Christian Community. And we pray today's broadcast has blessed you and has encouraged you in Christ. If it has, would you take a moment and let us know? There are several ways that you can contact us. First, by mail. The Well Christian Community. Address your envelope to 2333 Neeson Drive. That's here in Livermore. The zip code is 94551. You can also stop by our website, learn more about us, and drop us an email. Thewellchurch.net. That's thewellchurch.net. And then, of course, by phone, 925-292-7800. That's 925-292-7800. As you visit our website, don't forget to look for the link to our Facebook page. And if you're on Facebook, simply search The Well Christian Community. You can even follow Pastor Napoleon on Twitter with the address at Napoleon Kaufman, all one word. Until next time, may Jesus Christ be highly exalted in your life and may he bring you a peace that passes all understanding. Understanding.